No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. When the children of Israel entered the Promised Land, the Lord would greatly prosper them. However, prosperity has its dangers. Today, Moses warns the people about the perils of prosperity. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. I am reasonably confident that given the choice, most of us would choose prosperity over poverty. We'd choose affluence over affliction. But prosperity has its perils. There is nothing wrong with prospering. There is nothing wrong with being wealthy. Many of God's people were prosperous and wealthy. The question is, how do we handle it? Today we're going to look at three perils of prosperity and how we can avoid them. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities, which you did not build, houses full of all good things, which you did not fill, hewn out walls, which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. Any loving father delights in giving good gifts to his children, and God is the same way. He was delighting in bringing the children of Israel into an exceedingly good land where they would receive beautiful cities that they didn't build. Houses full of good things that they didn't furnish. Wells that they didn't dig. Vineyards and orchards that they didn't plant. Verse 12. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. So the first peril of prosperity would be that they would forget God. Everything would be going great and then they forget God. You know, when the Lord starts blessing the work of your hands, when others are saying good things about you, when there's money in the bank and you seem to be prospering, that's the time of danger in forgetting God. We can forget that all these things are gifts from Him. We can start taking credit for what we have. We think it's because of our hard work or our ingenuity or our education or our creativity or our skill or you fill in the blank. This is a very dangerous place because we are taking credit then for what God has given to us by His grace. You know, it's much easier to remember the Lord when times are difficult than when they are easy and we are prospering. So is there a way to effectively navigate through the perils of prosperity and specifically to keep from forgetting God? Yes. He tells us here, fear the Lord and serve Him. Prosperity leads to leisure time. And idle hands are the devil's workshop. But the fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. If God blesses us with a surplus of time or talent or treasure, 
then we must not use it to indulge the flesh or to practice evil. Rather, we must use whatever God has given us to serve him. I have found that the best way to serve God with what he has given to me is to first realize that everything I have belongs to him and that I am merely a steward of his resources. So the question I ask the Lord is, how would you have me use my time, talent, and treasure that you have entrusted to me? How would you have me steward these for your kingdom? See, this is the way to effectively navigate through the perils of prosperity. Incidentally, when Jesus was tempted three times by Satan in the wilderness, each time he quoted a verse from Deuteronomy. Satan tempted Jesus with the kingdoms of this world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 6.13 here, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him. If Jesus used Deuteronomy, to overcome the devil, then I am convinced that Satan does not want you to hear these words. They are weapons against him. Verse 16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies and his statutes, which is commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to cast out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has spoken. The second peril of prosperity is tempting God. This is what the children of Israel did in Massa. The story is found in Exodus 17. After they crossed the Red Sea and before they came to Mount Sinai, they contended with Moses and were even ready to stone him because they didn't have water. Moses told them, why do you tempt the Lord? And the reason he said this is because they had said, is the Lord among us or not? Now, it was obvious that the Lord was with them. He had delivered them from the Egyptians. He parted the Red Sea, he provided manna for them in the desert. What more evidence did they need? Therefore, Moses named the place Massa, which means tempted, because through their unbelief, they tempted the Lord. Once again, Jesus quoted this when he was tempted. Satan took him to the top of the temple and enticed him to take a death-defying leap to prove that he was the Son of God. And Jesus quoted Verse 16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The safeguard for not falling into the sin of tempting the Lord is to diligently keep his commandments. If we are doing what is right in his sight, then our hands will be full with the work of the Lord. We won't have time to complain or tempt the Lord or accuse him of abandoning us just because times are tough. If we will diligently keep his commandments, then it will go well with us. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't pass through trials or adversity, but it does mean that God will deliver us from them all because he always leads his faithful ones in triumphal procession. Verse 20, When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? 
Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Now, it's interesting that Moses said, when your son asks you a time to come. You see, God has instilled in children a natural curiosity. And so they look at everything through eyes of wonder and they ask a lot of questions. And you know, those are teaching opportunities. We need to be patient when they ask us all of those questions about, well, why do we do this? And why do you pray? And why is there air? And you know, all of the stuff that they ask Use it as an opportunity to share. Now, what God was saying here is, look, your children are going to ask you how you got here. So you tell them what your history was like, your national history. You were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and you cried out to me, and I sent a deliverer, Moses, who delivered you out of the bondage of Egypt through great and mighty plagues and brought you through the Red Sea and drowned the army of Pharaoh, you know, and and brought you through the desert, giving you the manna from heaven and providing water from the rock and bringing you to Mount Sinai, giving you the law of God and all of these testimonies, and then bringing you into the promised land. And so that's how we got here. And God said, if we'll keep his commandments, then we'll be his covenant people and we will be a special treasure to him above all nations, you know. And you would instill in your children an understanding of their heritage and why they did what they did. Passover was supposed to be this way. It was supposed to be the thing where they celebrate God delivering them out of Egypt and share these things with your children. And so they would involve their children. You know, they would hide the piece of matzah in the house. They would also hide uh, some leaven in the house, you know, and it would involve the children and in the whole ritual so that it gave them a teaching opportunity to tell them how they came out of Egypt. And in a similar way, we need to be rehearsing our history, our testimony. Do your children understand your testimony? I think sometimes we don't want to go into all of the details about how bad we really were before the Lord got a hold of us because, you know, we're afraid they'll imitate our example. I can understand that, especially when the children are younger. But as they grow older, they need to understand more and more about our personal history. Why do we have the values that we have? Why do we pray before mealtimes? Why is the Lord important to us? Why do we go to church? What was our life like before we came to know the Lord? And then they can see the difference. And they can understand that the values are not just you know, do this because I said so, but do it because that's who God is. We don't lie because God is a God of truth. And as we begin to share our own personal testimony with our children, what we're doing is we are sowing seeds of righteousness and faith into the next generation that's going to bring forth a harvest of righteousness. 
And it's just what God told the children of Israel here. He said, if you do these things, if you share these stories and my instructions to you with your children, then it will be righteousness for you. And this righteousness will pass from one generation to the next of my people, you see. You know, I think one of the best times to do this, honestly, is around the dinner table. And if you can't do it around the dinner table, then do it around the breakfast table, whatever works for your schedule. But gather your family together. And instead of just complaining about what's going on politically, uh, I mean, there's a time to do that, but they ought to be hearing these stories about your life and your faith and why God is the answer, even to what may be happening politically that you're upset about why we look to the the Word of God as our ultimate source. Share that. Spawn discussion. Don't let it be just a time of just, you know, discipline in the household. Let it be a time of conversation centered around the things of God. And you will find that the Lord blesses that, and you will find your children rising up and calling you blessed and blessing the Lord. And that's the way that we can avoid the perils of prosperity, not to forget the Lord, not to tempt the Lord, and not to deny the Lord by denying him his rightful place in the hearts and lives of our children, but sowing those seeds of righteousness into them while they're young, that it might bring forth the harvest of good fruit. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Dale Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast, What Does It Mean to Be God's Chosen People? Tomorrow, we will see where Moses gives instructions to Israel for living out their calling in the promised land in the way that keeps them in the center of God's blessings. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.